0: This Hope Podcast brought to you by station sponsor Maths Online. Maths is a skill any child can master. Visit mathsonline.com.au And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to...
1: Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's
0: going on. So I uh, got... Yeah. Movies are dreams that you never forget. Hey, well, welcome to The Watch List. Wow, do we have an explosive episode for you today. Pun totally intended. Here we are at The Watch List where we're looking at film through the lens of faith. And today we are we bought into the hype. We're ready to go because we head towards Barbieheimer or Barbenheimer or whatever we end up calling this thing. We're doing Barbie and Oppenheimer today. But I want to make sure you know, I'm Russ Matthews from Real Dialogue and...
1: I'm Laura from Hope 1032...
0: And we are so excited because I mean we've got we both got to see these films. We're really looking at kind of what is how this has had this worldwide phenomenon. It's mm. been massive. So now I gotta ask you, Laura, before we kind of get into it, did you do the whole thing where you go see Barbie first and then Oppenheimer straight after? Or did you kind of kind of pace yourself a little bit?
1: I mean, this would be a really, really long movie marathon if you genuinely do them back to back. Like it's about five hours plus trailers on each. So you're looking at a pretty much a full day's commitment. So I went and saw Barbie on a separate evening and then I went and saw Oppenheimer on another evening. I wasn't (laughs) going to do the two back to back, but I think it genuinely is worth seeing both of these movies because we'll get into it a little bit more, but I feel like each helps you appreciate the other in oddly Mm. unique ways. So the timing of this has just kind of fortuitously happened where you are getting the opportunity to see both because it's well worth it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I I definitely think so. And I think, oh, I think it's going to be, well, what's fascinating is that they really sit on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as the type of films that they are. But I I look forward to kind of looking at it. When we get started right into it, I'm going to have you go through, kind of tell us a little bit about Barbie. We might as well start with pink and all of the things that come with Barbie land.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is the right one to see first. If you're going to do both, you want to start with Barbie because it's a much better headspace to begin this marathon with. But it is the story of the famous doll, of course. I feel like there has been so much press coverage about this. If you've not heard about it, if you're not kind of across it, I'd be surprised. And heads up as well, before we dive totally into this episode, there's absolutely going to be spoilers of Barbie. There's absolutely (laughs) going to be spoilers of Oppenheimer because you cannot review these movies properly without really going into them completely. So fair warning on that but Directed by uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, co-written with her husband, Noah Baumbach. It is, uh, Barbie is the story of Stereotypical Barbie at the Front, played by Margot right. Robbie, who is living in Barbie land, starts to have these human emotions. She starts to feel a sense of loss, grief and awareness of death, these different elements that feel very foreign to her. And so when she goes to talk to Weird Barbie, who's played by Kate McKinnon, <laughs> Weird Barbie says, you know what you've got to do to work out why this is happening and what's going on is enter into the real world, So you can see the connection between the human that is playing with you as a doll and why you're starting to now feel these very human things. So off right. stereotypical Barbie goes into the real world to get a grasp of why her Barbie land world is starting to feel a little bit less than perfect day in, day out. And as you will have seen in the trailers, you don't just have Margot Robbie as Barbie in this. You've got multiple different kinds of Barbies, multiple different kinds of Ken, although Ryan Gosling's is the best one, of course. Uh, So they have kind of broadened the idea of who and what Barbie can be and can do.
0: Right, exactly. There you go. That's a pretty good setup. I think you did pretty good without spoiling it too much as far as what that goes. So now, so do you think though with all, I mean, because it, it, I haven't seen a movie hyped like this in so long. Mm. Did it live up to it for you?
1: Well, we have really different opinions about this movie already. I know because for me, I, when I see a film hyped like this. I already think this is going to be terrible because as as someone who's gone to a bunch of different screenings over the years, like right. here's a little inside story for you, ladies and gentlemen. When you go to a screening, normally you mm-hmm. might get a nice free popcorn. you might get a drink of water. Love that. If you go to a screening and they give you popcorn and canapes and maybe a glass of wine some champagne, like you know that movie is not going to be great. Like, it's not going to be great. It's just it's just like a lesson you've learned. The more they hype That's it right. up, the more free stuff they give you. It's probably not going to be fantastic. And so when I saw the amount of press that Barbie was getting and how immersive their marketing has been from candles to shirts to fossil wallets inspired by Barbie, I've seen that this week. My exactly. first thought was, this is going to be horrible. But then when I went in, I genuinely was pleasantly surprised by how clever... The movie is. I was oh, okay. not expecting it to be clever. I know you disagree with me on this, but I honestly was like, where are they no, going to go I, with this? I find this? it I, clever,
0: but keep going. No, no, yeah,
1: good. <laughs> I just thought you've there's, – there's like an intellectual layering to this movie that I wasn't expecting. Like I wasn't expecting it to be dumb because Greta Gerwig is a fantastic director and the way that she approaches yes, she is. storytelling – is really well done, but I just was not expecting them to have as many layers in the thinking behind what they've done with this story as they did. But give me right. your give me your face value because there's so much more to say about this movie, but what were your first impressions?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I I mean, don't, you're setting me up like I'm going to come, rah, I hated this movie. <laughs> I didn't hate the movie because the thing is I do, I really appreciate Greta Gerwig. I love Little Women. I thought it was a great film. And I know, but also I know her and Noah, are satirists. So I went in knowing that this was going to be a send-up of what we understand about Barbie, and also what surprised me was how much they did a send-up of Mattel, who who actually you know releases Barbie and all that sort of thing. The only thing that really kind of got me—I mean, there's a, there's a few other nuances that we can discuss as we kind of go through this whole thing, but um, the thing that my initial reaction that, because I kept sitting there going, "What's going on? Why am I just really uncomfortable with this film?" Not just because I don't want to be a Ken, but as um, based on the film it's really, I don't feel like this is for the target audience with all the hype that they were doing, all the things that they were trying to do, even getting moms and daughters to go out and see this film together. This is a film for older, um, not not just, I mean, more a more mature audience. It's not for your seven-year-old little girl who's going to be walking in with her favorite Barbie doll and looking forward to kind of see this. And so uh, because I have th- three daughters and a son, but three daughters who kind of look like Barbie. They have long blonde hair. They, you know, they got them as gifts. And so they we can appreciate what Barbie kind of brought into our household. And so to think that you would take your little daughter to go see this movie I don't think it's right because the film as you said it has layers it's very mature it's doing dealing with some deep existential elements I mean I got to tell you the America Ferreira character is has to be hands down one of my favorite characters in all of the film even though I thought Margot Robbie did a really good job in her role Um, I'm sorry none of the Kens did anything for me (laughs) (laughs) but we can talk about that in a little bit not that but here okay but before we kind of continue on though I will have to openly admit it to you, and we'll have to say I am not the target audience for this film, <laughs> and so I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting for this to be a five star for me. um But I, the thing that only disappointed me was it kind of like going, oh, we have marketed this as if it was really meant to be a mother and daughter experience, and it's really more for the mothers who played with Barbies and kind of have a skeptical view of that themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me what you think of that. Those thoughts, and uh, yeah, where, where well, we can go from there.
1: Look, I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I feel like the the to me it comes back to the different ways they're speaking throughout the movie so overall like if you're wondering what does barbie do it does have as a as a movie with certain kind of intentions it speaks to the role of patriarchy in society the role of matriarchy in society and the intersection between men and women how do they work well together what are the expectations mm. around that what is the role of a woman in a family like these are big heady ideas like this they are. is not little and it doesn't have like there are some surprising perspectives it brings to that because when a when a movie has female a female led cast, when a movie is going to talk about that kind of feminine uh, role within society, you can feel and even I do this. I kind of go, okay, where's this going to go? Like, what what's it going to tell me? I'm meant to look like as a woman. Like, even even as a woman who's happy to be a woman, there are certain sort of stereotypical ways of putting that message on screen that I can feel uneasy about. Like, I don't want to back what they are doing with what they think it looks looks like to be a strong, confident woman in the world, right? So I was curious to know what they were going to do with that. And from the level of someone who is a child watching this, I think what a kid would take away from Barbie is that women, girls, even the Kens to a degree you can be, you can be what you want to be. And I don't mean that in that generic, we have no basis for identity type way that that can sound like the live your own idea type conversation. It's more that if you have an idea of what you want to achieve, if you have a certain sense of who you feel you are in the word we might use called to be, what arena you feel like you want to go into, you can do that. Like there's a, from a a kid's perspective, I think they'll get the message that if there's an idea of what you want to do in in life, you can go after it. Like that's the encouragement and the level that I think this movie will meet kids at but then for the mums watching it or even the women without children who are a little bit older that watch this I think what we hear is a way more nuanced discussion about the messages women receive about who and what they are and aren't supposed to be like the complexity and the contradictory versions of what that should be. Like America Ferrera's character you mentioned, she's kind of the epicenter of that. Like whether you're experiencing anxiety, whether you've got an identity crisis as you've transitioned through the different phases of your life, like she kind of represents the everyday woman in this Barbie world. I wouldn't say that it's not appropriate for kids because it does... Stick to its PG rating in terms of the superficial viewing of this movie is very PG. But if you're an an older woman, uh, like essentially an adult, watching this movie, you're going to see through it at another level that is a bit more mature and a bit deeper.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. No. I and I, def- I definitely give you that. I I, I I I I won't agree with you. I don't I don't necessarily think that little girls will really appreciate it. I mean, I think hmm. that most of them would walk out going. What was that about? That wasn't a, a Barbie adventure. That yeah, was yeah. like something weird. Um, but but you know it's pretty. I mean it's definitely pretty and beautiful, <laughs> yeah. and, and it has all these different elements. I I guess because probably the other part is, and again this is saying it from a position of, uh, this is not me as far as a target audience. Mm. This this there wasn't very many positive views of men in, in any way, and so it was kind of like a uh, Ken was uh, set up as adult. He left. As adult at the end, I'm sorry, sorry, but and they kind of coming down heavy on the patriarchy, which I can appreciate and I understand, you know, within this world. And and I understand that there's a reality to that. But they kind of went the opposite end as far as kind of the solution, opposed to kind of, oh, can we work together harmoniously and can we make this happen now? They kind of went to the opposite end of it with their answer and solution, which I get it. It's a satire. They're meant to kind of be making fun, taking it to the extremes. They're meant to show men in their extreme, women in their extreme. And I totally get that. So I'm not not missing the nuance of that element. But I would probably say that for, I'm not saying that this is much for little kids, but also I'm not too sure too many men are gonna go, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe educating ourselves. Honestly, the speech that America Ferreira did right in the middle of the film, if that didn't get everybody's attention and go exactly, kind of understanding, you know, I don't know if you really could fully understand the female mind if you aren't a woman yourself. Um, but it really opened up the doors to understanding that so much of it, some of it is society, but so much too is within the kind of how the inner speak of of women. I think that was an educational piece that I could say it really took as a man. But I'm not sure too many men are going to go, yeah. No, like I, I will admit to you, Ken has never been the model of male. <laughs> <laughs> representation. No, maybe not.
1: But like, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting just how many varying perspectives there are on this movie. Like, I don't know that I've seen such a uh, like a film that really divides the audience so distinctly and not just between men and women at all. Like I know I do know guys that have loved it. I know women that have not enjoyed it. Like it's a movie that is so subjective in how you're going to interpret it. Because when I say that saw the way that the Kens were represented, yeah there's a comedic like one of my favorite scenes is when when Ryan Gosling's Ken is like, I'm gonna take you out and play guitar at you and serenade (laughs) you and then there's this whole scene with all the different Kens trying to woo the Barbies with their guitar skills and it's just it's hilarious. But then in the way that they represented that, I read that, and yeah, granted, I'm seeing this as a girl, so fine. But I saw them <laughs> as almost celebrating. Like to me, I go. I actually saw that the way the way that they were using the exaggeration to say that men are so much more than the stereotype of what it can look like to be right. this guy trying to charm the woman. And even where they land it, this movie does not end with a message that says female if women in power is better or men in power is better. They actually point out the fact that it's not healthy to have one gender or the other, whichever way it lands, in complete authority. Like that is not the way it's supposed to be. There's meant to be this healthy coexistence. And I was really glad that that's where they took it. And also the speech that Barbie kind of has with Ken toward the end. And it's a conversation. It's not so much a speech, but there's this real, real thing to say that you have an identity. I have an identity. We share one together, but we also have to have a healthy understanding of who we are individually, which is so contradictory or at least countercultural to so much of the messaging around how males and females should interact, like as if one has to be wholly dependent on the other. I just found what they did with this movie so unexpected in a lot of ways, and there as we, it's gonna, everyone's gonna have such different interpretations depending on their their context, and and absolutely gender is gonna play into how you see this movie.
0: Well, and, and it's actually because I was even having a conversation about this over dinner last night because everybody's asking about this movie. They've had, you know these these two films are getting more people talking about films which I love. And probably what you and I would both say here at the watch list is I w- I'm not going to be the type of person goes, don't go see this movie or I'm anti this movie or anything because honestly, I love this discussion cuz actually it gives me cuz my you're educating me because I'm going, wow, I did not see that in this film, but also I'm I'm using a different set of eyes as I'm mm. kind of going through it and what I can appreciate about a film and all that. So that's, I, I do appreciate that about this discussion. Um So my, I, I mean, I would honestly encourage people if you, you, you're going to have to most likely see it so that you can have a conversation over the next few weeks, because everybody's talking about this movie, but I think that that's it definitely will have a different feel for everyone who goes to see it. But mm. I say also take some time to just talk about it opposed to saying love it hate it and, you know what is it about that you really liked and what did you really get from it yeah that's probably where we'd probably we always kind of go with the watch list what would be what would be that further conversation mm-hmm. what is it I mean I think we've already had a few of them but like what would be the landing point if you were to get one point across from this movie what would it be for you
1: well oh, it's really difficult to nail it down to one because I it think is, there it? is as as you've said right there's so many conversations that are sparked by this. And it's good. I like hearing what you have to say about it. I've enjoyed what other friends have had to say about it because we do all see this conversation so differently, which I think points to why it's such an important conversation to have Yes, prompted by this movie, because you go, oh, wow, people really do see these things differently and have different perspectives that mean this is obviously a really timely thing to talk about power and um, gender dynamics and who can be what and all of this sort of stuff. But one thing that really stood out to me is even just the interpretation of behavior that can differ between men and women. And I have heard one person make the criticism of this movie that they didn't like how much it it kind of it doesn't pit men and women against each other, but it is a really central idea that there is male and female and so you can you yeah. kind of go, yeah, you're you're putting two very distinct groups of people in in sort of not opposition to each other because there isn't necessarily a fight, but you're you go oh yeah you are saying you have a very particular kind of life we have a very particular kind of life, but I think it, I guess to come back to your question, if there's <laughs> one thing to take away from this, I think it's that it just gives you, while not a complete picture of women's experience in the world, it certainly gives you space to think about. How women experience life, and yes, it's narrowed down largely to American women because this is an that's American right. movie. It's the real world that it takes you into is america l a that's, <laughs> that's what right. it says the world looks like, which is obviously not the right. world that so many women live in, but there's a scene on Venice Beach, the one where um Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are in the the famous roller skates, the day Dayglo- <laughs> glow roller skates that we've seen them in where. That's right. Everyone's looking at them. They do not look like everyone else in the real world. But when when Barbie is receiving attention from people, even though it's the exact same people looking from her to looking to then looking at Ken, when she's looked at, that can feel like uh, a threat. That can feel right. like there's danger in this. Whereas when Ken's being looked at, he sees that as like, hey, I'm the man. I'm being <laughs> looked at. Like, and and I just thought that's the exact same behavior. They're both being looked at from, like, left to right, each get looked at, but there is just such a difference in how the female experience of that can be compared to the male experience. And if anyth- if this movie does anything, I think it just gives you an insight into what it can look like to be a woman walking in the world versus what it can look like to be a man walking in the world.
0: That's actually a really good perspective. I didn't even think about that, that scene and how that it did, because it went it was from going from Barbie land, her utopia to the real world, you know, it completely shifted as far as how people looked at her and and their treatment of her. So I can totally appreciate that. What would your one takeaway be? Oh, you know, like you said, there are so many, it depends on kind of the audience, but I, I would probably have to say, I think one of the things, even taking it back, even to kind of a biblical framework that God really had a plan when he created men and women and we have roles, we have, but we're meant to work together and it, we're, we were designed to come together and really kind of work to make it a better world or to care for the world that we're in. And so what you see in a film like this is that it does kind of pushes you to the, to the extremes on the opposite it ends as far as where we sit, but yet we're really meant to be working together in a cohesive um, atmosphere. And so I think that that's one of the, the things that always kind of stands out for me, especially when you put it like we say, we're putting it through a biblical lens, mm. is that the world, even the world solution, that's why it was probably wasn't that satisfying for me at the end. The world solution wasn't satisfying opposed to looking at what God's solution and he had it really from all the way from the beginning of time all the way through um, his story and so I think that that's, that really stood out for me and when I talk with people about it if I take something away, not only the fact that I did get to see Probably, definitely a woman's world of the view, and I can really appreciate that. Even though I have a wife and three daughters, you know, and granddaughters, but I think that it really helped to educate me that way. But I think too is really kind of seeing a film like this through a biblical lens really kind of helped me.
1: Isn't it interesting that you see it that way? Because when I earlier said I don't always love these these movies that kind of get put in the feminist box, it's because I don't personally think while I absolutely support women being in a variety of roles and having greater voice in society 100%, I don't think you should have women completely in power, but I also don't think you should have men completely in power. Like, I see that there is a healthy dynamic to work toward where we and everyone else in society work collectively in a healthy, cohesive manner. So the way I saw this movie take that message, because I always go in going, where are they going to take this? Because if this just ends as like girls who run the world girls, that's going to bug me so much. Like that's going to really annoy me. But I don't think they landed like that. I thought they actually did land with a much healthier... Not entirely biblical, but I did think they kind of took it that way where they said it's not meant to be you or me, it's meant to be us, and we each have to have an understanding of who we are individually for that joint experience to be healthy and well. Like, we it's just so and it's so interesting to me how you can completely see this movie in such different ways. So, there's going to be great discussion once you watch Uh this movie if you haven't already.
0: And, and and that's where we'd say you definitely, uh, I mean, I know you put, I, it sounds like you definitely put this on your watch list.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And I would put it on my watch list because I think, it's worth it's worth watching this movie for yourself so you have your own interpretation of it and because there's such interesting discussions that can come from it and also just as a movie like it is just fun like you laugh right. i laughed a lot in this movie so don't think that you're going to be going into this pink wonderland of heady thinking it's it's <laughs> a, a, it's it's actually just a really fun ridiculous movie as well as being something that kind of without necessarily doing it totally at, you know, the front, it makes you think more deeply than you realise or thought you were going to when you first went in.
0: Well, I would I would say you can put it on the watch list bec- for those very reasons to have that conversation, be able to have that discussion, have your own opinion. I, I do kind of tire of people watching somebody on YouTube. Funny enough that we're doing it. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> I know. But that and then they don't go because of that, opposed to going and just having your own opinion. Yeah. Now, I will have to admit, I don't want to watch this movie again myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I'm going to watch it again because I feel like there's going to be more in it that I didn't catch the first time. But definitely, right. like for those of you watching, comment in the yes, comment please, section please, on please this do. because <laughs> what we've seen in it may be completely different to what you've seen in it. Tell us cuz I'd be curious to know how how everyone else has interpreted this movie. Me
0: too. Oh, well and then, well that's actually why I really enjoy this this aspect of the watch list. So we come from different perspectives, we have different life, you know, we're in that different place and so we can probably enjoy or or maybe not enjoy your films for different reasons but we can have that So ta- so, so this, take so. us
1: into uh, to Oppenheimer then Russ. Set this one up <laughs> because go. if you're going to do the yeah it's it's been like a sh- it's a sharp left turn into <laughs> World War II now <laughs> with Cillian Murphy leading the charge and Christopher Nolan directing this to of course behind the dark knight, interstellar like all the things. Uh what what uh what was your kind of well before we go into your takeaway set up the story for those who don't know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, because because some people would go, why are we watching a movie about somebody who made the atom bomb? There's a reason. And it is really fascinating. What's interesting in the history of it, that Robert Pattinson, the actor who was in tenant, gave the book, the 2005 biography of the American Prometheus by Kai, by Kai Berg to um, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan read this and he said, I've got to make this into a movie. And so it ended up becoming this film. And it's about Oppenheimer. Um, he was in charge of kind of the development of the nuclear weapons um, in what's called the Manhattan Project, and it happened to, it occurred in Los Alamos during World War II. It was a race with the Nazis to get the first one to be able to make the first atomic bomb. And the thing was, is that these were the best minds of the world at the time and they brilliant people brought together by the military funded by the military to be able to go through and put together not only the atom bomb but there was also a nuclear bomb that was actually being um kind of designed at the exact same time in the same place and but it shows not just the making of it and also the detrimental impact that it had but also shows you that brilliant people um could still not know what they are really doing and really releasing on the world the atomic age in a way. And that's what I really wanna value before we kind of get into it was that it not just showed the making of it and also the impact of it, but then also what happened afterwards for him to all of a sudden, as a scientist, as someone who wanted to further advance science in the world, would actually be the one that unleashed death on the world mm-hmm. and also took us into this age that we still live in, where we're really the fear of atomic, atomic bombs and nuclear bombs falling on us all the time. And so, but then on top of it, it has an amazing cast and it is three hours long. But yeah. I'm gonna probably have to say to you that you almost need every single minute to really get the full story. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of my, that would be my, kind of my setup.
1: And, and not a minute of it is wasted because when I, when I saw that this was three hours long, I honestly, I thought, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to go in. <laughs> yes, it's Christopher Nolan. Yes, right. it's a really interesting look at a very significant time in history, but I thought I don't who makes these movies. I always think if you're making a 3-hour movie, that is not for the audience who has stuff to do, right. lives to live. That is because of the the director and the creative team behind these movies' desire to make something. Like that is that's right. for them. But I will say in sitting there for the full 3 hours, you're right they needed they needed all of it they don't waste it and it doesn't feel like it drags on for one because there's just so much richness in the story but also because they have this kind of constant rumbling going you know in yeah. the, in the sound of it all and not that not like soundtrack. it's this monotone thing oh. through it but the soundtrack really helps this oh. movie carry on in a way that doesn't make you go oh come on now I need to like get moving
0: so oh yeah oh well see that's a, that's the thing I love about Christopher Nolan in that um, you really can't really put his films into categories because they're so different. I mean, like you mentioned, Dark Knight at one end, you've got Memento, you've got Inception. But then you have a movie like this is this biopic that's incredible, epic. And then these great cast members. I mean, every single person lifted their game, even if they were only in the film for maybe two to five minutes, Mm. they still... Brought something of value to it, but Killian Murphy, Murphy was amazing. I mean, he just—he was in like I think about ninety-nine percent of the film and was just incredible. He's been one to watch for years anyway, mm. but he is just an, a talented, talented man, and um, really immersed himself and really made this very convincing. But then mm. on top of it, it showed—it it showed the brilliance of the man of who Oppenheimer really was but then also how flawed he was too. And that mm. he wasn't a perfect man just because he's brilliant in one area of life doesn't necessarily mean that he's great in all areas of life mm. as far as morality and his choices and the things that he's done, even the making of the at- at- atomic bomb. I think he kind of, in which just so you know, he's not the only one. It's not like he's one tinkering in his garage, like putting it all together. I mean, it was a whole city in essence that they brought together mm. to kind of make this whole project come to come to life. But then on top of it, showing the Matt Damon character, showing how the military utilized these talents, made it all happen. But once it was done, they pretty much kind of turned their back on the man. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of said, eh, well, we're out of here, you know, kind of kind of thing. And um, I really loved how they showed that, like going here, I, this great, amazing achievement, but then it all gets packed up in a box and heads out out, and that was it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so I felt like they really captured um, really what happens with so many of us when it kind of comes to we have this big projects we have this great opportunity we see it come to fruition then all of a sudden oh that's it mm. was that really what I put my identity in yeah. so it was really it was really fascinating what they were able to capture in that three hours is that it is quite an investment of your life and your time and I you almost
1: yeah and you almost need to look at it in kind of different ways sort of chunks or different, again, layers if you want to look at it that way because you've got the the character of Oppenheimer who, he, who is his own thing through this movie, whether you're looking at his amazing mind or even the way that he never fully aligned himself and one of the reasons that he gets... Um, sort of assessed. He gets like dragged before a kind of court of sorts to look yeah. at who his true allegiances were with and why he wanted to be involved. Part of the reason that he had so much suspicion directed his way was because he never, at least in the way he's represented in the movie, he never had a very clear allegiance. Like yes, his activities supported the American government, but he was also open to hear the perspectives of other political parties. That's like right. he didn't yeah. ever fully align with one thing. He just was open to hear what had to say. And his mission was around the science. So he was a guy that had his own personal complexities, but then he also did wrestle with the responsibility, like even though he's not the one that presses the button for the atomic bomb and right. what we see happen in japan he's the guy that helped lead the team that makes it so where does the responsibility lie which is a really timely pertinent conversation about weapons manufacturing like it's another the same thing that's used around uh firearm proliferation of guns don't kill people keep people kill people it's that kind of dynamic of Who's responsible for the outcome of what you make and what you do? And then if you want to draw that back to a more personal, relatable level for each of us who aren't involved in weapons Great. manufacturing, yeah. it's like it's like in what we do in our day-in, day-out lives, you know, I'm sure we all have such different jobs and you might work for a company who's Overall arching ethos. You don't necessarily support, but you got to put, you know, food on the table. You've got to achieve an outcome. Right. It's like, what is who has the responsibility for the the sort of the cog in the machine that we are responsible for the outcomes of that? Where does responsibility lie? Like, there's there's really interesting social conversations to be brought into this. And I will say, having watched Barbie, then <laughs> watching Oppenheimer to tie these two together for a second, it was. Interesting to me to go from a movie that was all the women, all the voices, to one that was the men talking in rooms, very little female screen time, which is genuinely, I'm not making a slide about it because this is Oppenheimer is about a time in history. It's a reality. So I don't want, don't fake this and shove women in there when that's not what the story was, right? I'm not saying that at all. But it was just really interesting to me to go from something that shows what imagine, like imagine if women ruled the world, look at what this situation looks like with guys in charge of this. And even in, you know, you, rep- you mentioned that they didn't really know what they were doing. There's a scene when you've got the team who are working on this atomic bomb and there is a woman involved in it. They kind of say to her, like, are you sure you want to be here? Like you realize that being exposed to radioactive material could affect your reproductive organs. And she's and like, she, said- she goes, she, she, in my paraphrase, she's like, guys, Yours are more exposed than mine. Like, who's really (laughs) at risk here? And they didn't know what to do with it. But you kind of... It's a funny gender moment, but it's also a reflection of the fact these people had no clue what they were doing. Like, you all were doing something really dangerous.
0: Well, the fact that when they they test the bomb and they think that they can just put this little welder's thing in front of their eyes and that that somehow is going to protect them. Yeah. It, you know, it, these are br- these are the best minds of their time. And yet, what are they thinking that is going to protect them? The naivete that they sat under. A couple of things I did want to say about the film, too, that I thought um, was worth saying, but then also something that was I felt was incredible was one. Um, this is a very mature film. So mm-hmm. I really want to make sure, you know, and that's the other thing about the whole marketing of putting Barbie with Oppenheimer. I'm going. Oppenheimer <laughs> is definitely not one for little kids. It's no. for people with discerning tastes because there are scenes that are very kind of confronting. I'm um, in Oppenheimer's past that still artistically work, but mm. they aren't necessarily something for everybody. So just kind of understand that, and that's why the the rating is what it is. But two. This is all done with practical effects. Mm. There was no CGI in this film, which is incredible to think that they were able to do all of this. And they so they actually all the building of the bomb and even the explosions that happen. Just so you are aware, um, they don't show the um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima's um, bombings and and all the things. They talk about the after effects, but they don't show it, which is actually I find really quite respectful, honestly. But for me... Um, probably the way it would land on this, no pun intended again, how am I doing all these puns is that this is a, an amazing film. And, and I, and I love Christopher Nolan. Mm. He's had great films. He's had mediocre films, but he's had great films. Even his mediocre ones are better than most others, others films, you know, and I, but I can't, Say, you know, this is wow, this is better than Dark Knight, or this is better yeah. than Dunkirk. It's they're different films, but yet this one kind of takes him to a new level of storytelling. And this goes what to what you were saying, even about Barbie. These are two different stories told two different ways using very different methods of telling story, but still they're worthwhile engaging with, even though I would probably choose Oppenheimer over Barbie <laughs> as far <laughs> of as my course. choice. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'm going to sit through three hours again either. So, yeah. you know, as far as seeing this one too, that, that, that'd be a hard one to be able to say I'm going to go, Woo! I'm going to commit this much time to it, you know. Yeah, but Maybe not it, twice. It would be on my watch list.
1: No, it would be It would would be on my watch list, Oppenheimer, for sure. And I think it's a study in filmmaking. Like, but the thing is, weirdly... They, they've become, in marketing, they've become tied together because they're two of the biggest movies to be released this year and they're wanting to drive support for cinema. So I don't think it was intentional. It kind of just fell together and became this thing and now two movies are being talked about that maybe wouldn't have been, they wouldn't no. there wouldn't have been enough brain space for both of them if this didn't happen. Like one would have completely overwhelmed the other and right. truth be told, it probably would have been Barbie because the press and the coverage and the marketing immersion for that is so much more thorough, but Oppenheimer is such a valuable movie in what it brings to social conversation. Barbie is as well, and then Oppenheimer also has this dynamic of genuine skill in filmmaking, and the as you mentioned, no CGI. It was, there was an Aussie guy involved in actually bringing all of that to life. That's right. And it just is, is stunning. Like you have to see it on the big screen if you can, and oh. I... I recommend that for both of them, but especially Oppenheimer. Like spend the extra bit of cash if you can. Go see it on the big screen and enjoy it.
0: Enjoy it. Just sit back, give you, give you, give it the commitment that it needs and everything. And it's definitely be worthwhile. I I think that too, because even in the after effects, what it did for me with the conversations I had with those that I went with, but also ever since, I've had more conversations about. God, about human heart, Mm. about so many things that it just opens up the floodgates of conversation. So that's Mm. what I loved about this film, as well as it was just great filmmaking.
1: Yeah and you've just reminded me of one quick thing that we haven't touched on (laughs) Robert Downey Jr in the support cast like pretty much pretty much everyone in this movie is going to deserve some kind of Oscar nomination if not a win but he has this fantastic line that stood out to me the moment I heard him say it where he says that genius does not equal wisdom or along those lines like you can have genius that does not guarantee you wisdom and that to me was Massive, like because Oppenheimer is one of the smartest guys out there. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's wise. And we no. prize genius so much in society, especially in our, the you know the the billionaire club. But yeah. is there wisdom connected to that genius too? And that's probably where there's a good biblical kind of conversation. What does true wisdom look like to have after watching this movie too? So we could that's go right. on, but. We could. We can't, we've
0: actually come to the end. So you'd put Oppenheimer and Barbie on the watch list. Yes, and let the conversation
1: happen in the comment section.
0: That's right, yeah, please continue. And also subscribe, subscribe to YouTube or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts um, and understand and know, and also check it out. Check out our reviews at Real Dialogue and also on Hope 103.2. You can find both of our reviews there. Um, but also we're just glad to have you along. Please keep the conversation going. Can't wait to hear what you think about these films because everybody should get out to see them. And so once you have, please come and tell us what you thought about it. And always remember, we're always here for you. When you're always out there grabbing the popcorn, taking a seat, seeing your movie. So, we put it through the lens of faith. Hopefully, we'll see you next time on the watch list.